is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated. Belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. 102.5 KZOK with Daddy Bonaducci and Sarah. Danny, describe Hollywood for me in 15 words or less. No problem. I left as fast as I could and came to Seattle. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you could go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 5 Four one four two three five seven zero four, or message her at freedomlake.com slash grateful heart photography or heroes.app slash pages slash grateful heart photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by grateful heart photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. But there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. Hi, I'm Jonathan Clark, one of the most known voices in all of professional wrestling radio, here today to talk to you about a very important cause, autism. Autism is one of the world's most serious diseases and can affect us within all age demographics. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, autism can sneak up behind you and change your life and the way you perceive it to be for all eternity. Autism can affect the way we talk, the way we act, the way we speak, the way we look, 
and how other people tend to look at us in this very cruel world we're being brought up in. That's why I'm reaching out to you today, encouraging you to log on to AutismSpeaks.org to make a donation and offer your help in finding the cure for autism. AutismSpeaks.org will offer you some really helpful information on how you can play just a small role in finding a cure for one of the world's most serious diseases. I myself know many people who've been affected by autism throughout the years, and it's time we all come together and find a cure for this very frightening disease. I'm Jonathan Clark, the most attractive man in all of Internet Radio, telling you that you can make a difference. I'm Marie Osmond. Choices, some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye and dreamin'. You can style in great handmade tie-dye clothing, such as T-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at freedomlake.com slash tie-dye and dreamin', heroes.app slash pages slash tie-dye and dreamin', or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye and Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye and Dreamin' today. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. 102.5 KZOK with Daddy Bonaducci and Sarah. What would you say is the strangest thing you've ever ridden? Well, uh, I've ridden an ostrich, but I'm really looking forward to being strapped to the front of a hydroplane. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. Every league, every team, every game, every season. 8 to 10, tell a friend. This is where the experts meet to speak on approach. You want to join the conversation, got to pick up the phone. Oh, phone, phone. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's the verbal version of the replay, the recap. Game 7, the draft, preseason, the rematch. Players and coaches, the man keeps you posted. Whether you're rooting for the home or away. Dirt, turf, hardwood, grass, a clip. We keep the conversation going and we cover it all. So when it goes down, you know the score. But when it comes to sports talk, this ain't no small talk. This is the big leagues, the ball is in your core. The best place for debate and point of view. After further review, you know what to do. Check this out. Check this out. 
Hey, you say New York City, what's going on? You got your man in the building. The mayor is in the building, live and direct. I'm here. Let's chop it up. It's Wednesday night. You already know the vibes. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Um, the ubiquitous Bob James is holding me down on the production tip. He is doing what he does right about now. So it's just me in the building making it do what it do, and you already know what it is. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday. That's right. My Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team that I rock with. You know what I'm saying? The team that I, you know, took all the slings and arrows and everybody laughed at. You know, oh, you a Bucs fan. You know, I can't even go in the store and find any Buccaneers gear. You know, that's how much they don't respect my team. You know, and um, it's okay because Buck, Buck Nation is everywhere, yo. Buck Nation is everywhere, and we ain't scared, and we in the building. So, again, at the end of the day, what I say to everybody is enjoy it. We're going up against a team that is considered a super team, a super squad, Kansas City Chiefs. We already know the vibes. But I think that, um, you know, we're going to show up. And uh, we'll get more into it as we go along with the show, man. But um, it's a lot of things going on in the world of sports, man. The NHL, man, is, is finally getting hit with that COVID-19. They're dealing with it hard body. They've had to cancel a lot of games. Um, it's catching up. To them, you know, because before they, you know, they went through the season, um, they were in the bubble, you know, they, they finished the season last year, they had a Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, um, and now, you know, it's starting to look like, you know, more every day is something else going on as far as the pandemic is concerned with the NHL, and uh, we'll get into that too. Um, baseball season is coming up, man. You know, and 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 again, I think that um, when you when you talk about for me as a Yankee fan, um, my expectations I think on on some real the real I think that it's been kind of diminished, man. You know, and um, for the first time in a long time, I don't really think that you know the Yankees are gonna really you know be what they you know are supposed to be. You know, you always put that hope up that your team is going to, you know, make some things happen um, regardless of how the lineup looks, how much money, you know, your players make. You still have to get the job done. You know, and we, you know, we built a team that has been close, you know, with no cigar. But you always talk about, you know, this is a championship-level team and things of that nature. And I don't really see that. I haven't seen that in the last couple of years with this Yankee team. I'm not worried about what the Houston Astros did or what they didn't do. I'm just worried about what my Yankees didn't do. All right? So I'm um, starting to pay attention to that a little bit. Shout out to Dustin Pedroia. He uh, retired. Um, I think that um, he is, you know, a, a icon, you know, uh, from day one. I remember him from day one, Dustin Pedroia came. He was going to be that dude. And 15 years later, he, you know, got, I think he got three rings for Boston. So, uh, again, shout out to him. And um, shout out to everybody, man, who's still holding it down, man, and doing what they do, you know what I mean, um, you know, and in, in what we're dealing with right now. Um, NBA, man, 
What are we going to do with my New York Knicks? Um, people are, are, are just trying to, you know, figure it out and, and jump it out the window. I, th- I think it's way too soon for people to be trying to, you know, figure out how the season is going to end up or where you're going to be. I think you got to take the NBA day by day. Since anything can happen, you know, um, you know, as as the season goes by, you look at the Dallas Mavericks. You know, they 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 you know they're uh, falling off the cliff right now. You know, um, people want to give LeBron James the MVP. It, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Then this is the, this is where we are in life, man. We let these you know these analyticals and these youngsters try to take over everything, and it's like. Why are we crowning LeBron the MVP when the season just started? Why? You know, and the first thing that come out their mouth is that you hate. What are you talking about? I think that when you you know you, you give LeBron his his due, you know, but let the let the season play out a little bit. Especially this season is is, is different than any other because you're gonna have two halves. So let these guys, you know, get the first half of the season under their belt, and then we can talk about it because we'll see where we are, um, you know, um, still having to deal with the pandemic. You know, some games might be missed and things of that nature. So it's, just, it's still a lot of stuff to figure out before we end the first half of the season. People jumping out the window wanting to crown MVPs and everybody who's, you know, you, you have a 40-point game, now you're the greatest of all time. And it's, it's, it's crazy. It may, to me, it makes no sense. Let these dudes play. Some of them flame out. You know, um, keeping it on the NBA tip. You know, it, it, you know, it's it's too early to <clears throat> give LeBron James the MVP award on another, you know, on a number of levels. Because again, you know, you don't want to say that LeBron is just going to win the MVP out the door. Every year, you always know that LeBron is going to be in the top two or three in the MVP vote. All right, so you start from there every season. All right, so again, justifiably so, he may have been jerked for a couple of MVPs. That's true. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to take that from him. He may have been jerked for a couple of MVPs. But I think that uh, still, at the end of the day, LeBron is going to be LeBron, and he's going to get you know his just due. Just because he doesn't get an MVP in a particular season or whatever, um, you know, he, he, you know, it happens. But again, the value of his, you know, whatever teams that he's on, be it you know, Cleveland, be it Miami, be it Cleveland again, or be it the Lakers, um, the value of those teams go up. You know, and, and I'm not just talking about you know monetarily. I'm just talking about the the, the whole situation. You know. Um, you go from being, you know, contenders or also rams to championship material instantaneously. So I think that, um, again, you know, when you go back to, you know, um, MVP years where, you know, you might have had uh, a questionable situation. Um, even last year, some people were, you know, um, dealing with, you know, Giannis winning for, you know, the second straight year and then, you know, not even making the conference finals. That's like, you know, what are we doing? You know, that, that when, you, when you ask a LeBron fan, you know. But, um, again, back in 2018, you know, when James Harden got the MVP, 
um, you know, LeBron, you know, had a I had a team that really didn't have any any other people on there besides, you know, I mean Kevin Love, shout out to him. Um, they went to a finals. You know, um, I think that when you when you talk about comparison, I think that's what the, the main thing is. It's always gonna start out with, you know, the, whoever you're comparing LeBron to has to catch up. It's never gonna be a situation where it starts off even, you know, it's LeBron. It's got to be LeBron or else. You know what I mean? Um, look at when Russell Westbrook won in, in, in 2017. You know what I mean? When he had the triple-double, average a triple-double. Um, Oklahoma City finished in sixth in the West. All right? And they got beat in the first round. Okay? Um, LeBron was, I think, uh, he shot 54% from the field that year, finished fifth in assists. Um, and, again, he, he, he should have won. He should have won that award, but that he finished fourth. You know, so again, I think that it, it depends on, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and all of that. You know, some people might be, you know, wore out from hearing about LeBron all the time. Um, and again, he's been in the league long enough for him to get jerked a couple of times for the MVP award. Okay. Um if LeBron ends up winning the award this year, okay, he deserves it. Every time he wins the award, he deserves it. But to me, right now, um, when you talk about the NBA, and yeah, I pay attention a little bit, but I'm not jumping out the window with it, like I said. I'm going to wait till the second half begins, and then we'll really get into it. But for me right now, as far as the NBA is concerned, when you talk about MVPs, um, I like you know what Joel Embiid has done. He, he's, starting to, you know, he's starting to see the beast in him. He's starting to, you know, realize his potential, I think, a little bit, man. Um, play his game. Play to his strengths. And Joel Embiid should really be the no question, no doubt, like, top, you know, right after LeBron. You know, I think Embiid is really better than these other dudes. But he doesn't, you know, he, he, his, 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 his best basketball is ahead of him, I think, as far as Joel Embiid is concerned. Joel Embiid is a beast, period, right? Um, I think that, you know, Joel Embiid, you know, 28 points a game, 11 rebounds. Um, again, when you look at what the Sixers are doing, and this, to me, is, is, is a talent statistic. When you talk about MVPs, and this is any sport. This is any sport. Um, the Sixers are 0-4 when Embiid doesn't play, and they're 15-2 when he does play. So, I mean, that, that, that tells you all you need to know right there. I mean, you've got the kid in, in Denver, Jokic, uh, the Joker. He's, you know, doing his thing. You know what I mean? His defense has stepped up. Um, Kevin Durant is doing his thing. Um, and, again, you know, it's a lot of time left, man. Nobody's talking about, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, Giannis. You know what I mean? So it's really a whole, you know, lot of season to play. So, again, you know, the people who want to just leave the award in LeBron James' hands and make it LeBron James' award to lose, you know, some of them might be having, you know, guilty consciences because of what happened in 2011. Um, I think that was Derek Rose in 2017. So, again, man, um, you know, it is what it is, but I'm not even going to, you know, um, put no context into if 
the award was given today, who would I vote for? Because again, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen at the end, you know, by the end of the season or even with the first half. You know, so again, I think that um, when you talk about the MVP award, you have to let the season play out. You know, but again, it's LeBron we're talking about here. So if LeBron doesn't get the MVP, you know, let the you know the world is going to come to an end. Everything is going to shut down when Le- if LeBron doesn't get the MVP. You know. This is After 30 Review, man, 2.0, a.k.a. The Style Round Pass. We are in the building Wednesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. All right, 954-246-0398 is the math. I talk my thing, do what I do on the sports tip. I am proud of my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. Do not get it twisted. You know, it's been a long time coming, you know. Um, again, I wasn't really a big proponent of the Tom Brady thing, but again, at the end of the day, you know, he made my team better. I think he made, you know, these guys around him better. Um, I didn't see as much, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, undisciplined football, the bad penalties. I mean, we had them here and there. I'm not, I'm not going to front. I can't front. But I think that uh, overall we played better, um, you know, and, 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 again, we had our days when the secondary looked like, you know, from two or three years ago. Carson Davis, you still garbage. You got to really – you're going to have to get the MVP of the Super Bowl. You're going to have to get at least one interception in the Super Bowl. Carlton Davis, I hope you hear me. You're going to have to get at least one in there because you have been playing like real, real bad football. Nobody might want to call you out on it, but again, at the end of the day, man, you know, you are my team. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that Carlton Davis is somebody who's going to get picked on. Okay, you say, and, I, and I'm not trying to come from an analytical type of view. I'm just calling it how I see it. I think that they are looking at film. I think they're looking at Carlton Davis. They're going to try to expose him and pick on him. So Carlton Davis is going to be a matchup that, um, and again, he was the one that got it towards the last time they played uh, Kansas City when Tyreek Hill was getting 200 yards in the first quarter. You know, so again, I think that when you when you have a a um, situation like Carlton Davis that's just waiting to be had, going against the offense, you know how you know what what, what Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are bringing to the table. Um, I think it's going to be you know um, a whole lot of situations where this defense is going to be tested. As great as my defense is, um, they're going to be tested. They've been tested already. We've been tested you know, so far, and uh, we made our way back home. You know, we made it back home. We made it to the Super Bowl, and I just think now um, don't get, you know, swallowed up by the event. Go out there and play the game, you know, um, and don't worry about what happens. Just make sure that um, you're the last team, you know, that walks off the field at the end of the night. Um, this could be so historic, and don't think about what happens in the aftermath, you know, because you still have to deal with, you know, um, the, the, the lead-up, the build-up, you know, the coin flip, the kickoff, the anthem, the introductions, you know, all of that stuff. And uh, I think especially, you know, being Tampa Bay, you know, we, you know, the, 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 you know they might say it's a little pressure on us now. I don't think that, that that's going to be a problem. I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. You know, I just think that um, we just have to play um, 
a solid football team all the way around at home. You know, we get the, get these Chiefs back where we want them. And um, it's definitely going to be a high-scoring game, definitely. You know, so whatever the over-under is going to be on this game, it's going to be, I think it's going to approach it. And then, you know, and then some. You know, um, when you talk about the Super Bowl, um, I'm just glad that my team is in it. To tell you, to tell you the honest to God truth, I'm just, I, I'm just glad my team is in the Super Bowl. You know, um, the Chicago Bears game when Brady thought it was, you know, third down, it was fourth down, and you know, Carlton Davis getting, you know, killed by, you know, Tyreek Hill and you know, uh, laying the egg against the Rams on national TV. Um, you know, that game, even the game against the Giants, we had them and they came back on us. You know, um, this season has been crazy. So I think that it'll all, you know, culminate with a, with a victory. And um, I'm going to give you my, my score and prediction, and I hope to get a score and prediction from Wacko Bob. And I really wanted to talk to my man, Sonny Cruz, to see what he thought about that, man. But wherever you are, Sonny Cruz, I hope you're good. Um, we, in the, we, we made it to the chip game, baby. So we're going to talk about this. And hopefully next Wednesday we'll be um, celebrating uh, Super Bowl championship. All right. Um, this is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We are in the building live and direct every Wednesday night on Action VR Network, man. Um, and I just hope that everybody's doing what they need to do, man, because um, I'm hearing this thing, you know, getting real crazy. And you know what I'm talking about as far as this um, pandemic that we're dealing with. So I hope that, um, you know, everybody is doing their due diligence. It's really not a lot more that, you know, needs to be said or can be said. I think that's the ubiquitous Bob James, a.k.a. PBJ, not peanut butter and jelly, but pretty Bob James in the house. What's good? What's good? What's good? Oh, I'll tell you, you know, you're talking about the pandemic. You know, we're talking about how the Super Bowl is going to be handled. Uh, do, can we expect anything spectacular from this Super Bowl? I don't know. I know they're talking about a halftime <laughs> show. I mean, you know, that's with a group I never even heard of. <laughs> Yeah, Tampa Bay is gonna win. That's gonna be that's what's gonna be spectacular about it. Tampa Bay is gonna win. A lot of, I don't think a lot of people expect the Tampa Bay to win. Maybe not. You know, I mean, all they're talking about is all they're talking about is Mahomes versus Mahomes versus Brady. You know, the you right, know right. the old and the new. How how Pat Patrick Mahomes needs to win this one because he is supposed to be the number one quarterback in the NFL today. Well. It doesn't take him losing a Super Bowl to Tom Brady not to be number one anymore. Number so, one, right, 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 right. So, I mean, you know, if you really want to compare the two, who's got the better team surrounding? You know, I, you know it's going to be – it's it's Tom Brady. What team has the better defense? You know, it's Tom Brady's team. You know, so it's, you know – you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say coaching is pretty equal between Andy Reid and Bruce Arians. I'll say that they're pretty equal. You know, so, I mean, you know, you got to look at it. You know, Tom Brady probably has the better options, especially where uh, the running game goes to where Brady doesn't have to worry. I mean, Brady has, has you know, has, uh, you know, has, um, you know, has Ronald Jones, who's a lot better yeah. than, what, than what he had with, with Sony Michelle. So people got to look at that end of it, too. So there's a lot to look at with this one here. You know, I mean, who do I who do I think is better as far as the quarterbacks go between Brady and Mahomes? Uh, 
I'm going to say Mahomes, but that's only because, and this is the weakness for for the uh, for the for the Chiefs, is the fact that the Chiefs are a little more reliant on Mahomes oh, than than uh, than than the uh, than the Bucks Bucks are with Brady. Right, right, right. Um, when you talk about that, you talk about. <clears throat> I like that's why that's why I mess with the ubiquitous Bob James. He he breaks it down. Um, when you talk about that matchup, Brady and Mahomes, it's not, it, it, they talk about it like you know they're going to be playing one on one against each other. You know what I'm saying? So for as well and, and 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 as much as we anticipate them having great games, it could come down to uh, a missed field goal. You know, Brady can Brady can bring them you know 75 yards and. 16 plays and set them up perfectly, and then we miss the field goal, and boom. You know what I mean? Who do you, you know, what happens? Did Brady fail? You know what I mean? They're in the same difference with Mahomes. Mahomes throws a pass. Kelsey, you know, it's it's out of his hand, and, 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 and Carlton Davis picks it off. Is that Mahomes' fault? He put it right where it needs to be. So I think when you talk about the team concept of it, um, I agree with you. I think we have the, 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 the team and Tampa Bay, you know, doesn't really need to rely on, you know, Tom Brady as much as Kansas City does rely on Patrick Mahomes. But I think that um, uh, the, the, what they have coming off the bench, you know, the, oh, oh, was that Henny? Was that Henny? Bob? Yeah, it was Chad Henny, which surprised me. Yeah, I thought, yeah. Yeah. I I thought they would have kept Matt that more. I thought they would have kept yeah. Matt Moore with them, you know, because if you really want to look at it, look how great Matt Moore looked last year. Who took Chad Henney's job when he was with the Dolphins? Matt Moore. Matt Moore. That's right. That's right. And I, I'm looking at I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, wow, they don't really need Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes can chill. He can relax. Chad Henney got this. No, I'm like, whoa. So, so you can't really, you know, Say that Kansas City is going to, you know, take a step back or if anything happens to Mahomes or if he has to sit out a series or miss a, you know, a play or he gets hurt or whatever, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to really miss a step for Chad Henney. But let me ask you this, Bob. Who um, would have, whose career would this make bigger? Um, or who would you rather be? The quarterback that would be 25 years old with two Super Bowl rings, that would be Patrick Mahomes if he wins. Or would you rather be Tom Brady, the Super Bowl quarterback, with two rings after the age of 40? As long as I'm healthy, as long as I'm healthy, I would have to say, I would almost have to say I'd rather be Tom Brady as long as I'm healthy, you know, because, again... I'm looking at Tom Brady's situation as opposed to Patrick Mahomes' situation. You know, I mean, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick became so reliant on last year that Tom Brady looked like it was time to retire because he, Tom Brady tried everything, and he was just not meshing with the team that he had over there, which is not a bad team, mind you. Which is not a bad team, mind you, but you know Brady, as great as he is, they won. They still wanted the Tom Brady, fifteen years ago, who was winning his first few Super Bowl rings, and that's what they got to look at. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what they got to look at, you know. I would rather be, I'd rather be, you know, Tom Brady, who's 43 years old, you know, you know, knowing that he's at the end of his career and he could have, and he's going to, you know, his, his, his career is going to be illustrious no matter how you have him listed as a quarterback. You know, are there other quarterbacks I think were better than Brady? Yes. No, do I think, do you know, I think they're, you know, do I think Brady was lucky enough because as he was as he was being built up the NFL was becoming a little was becoming more and more quarterback friendly yes he got lucky mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a wuss I would ra- I'd rather have that luck the Tom Brady luck than the luck of than the luck of Dan Marino who you know for just to name one who was there when it was still bone crushing on the quarterbacks <laughs> mm-hmm. you know so <laughs> so to have that you know you know and to make the money that he made, you know, he's he's he didn't make Aaron Rodgers' money. He's making he's making a lot more money than he made now, and it's still not Aaron Rodgers' money because he's going to be realistic. He's going to have he's going to have the blocker that's going to help him take less hits. You know, he's going to have the running back. He's got the running back who's going to take less. That's also going to make sure he has less hits because he's going to run the ball, but is also going to not stress him out to always look for. A receiver, which he has so many options for, on this Bucks team already. So I mean, why would I not want to be Tom Brady in the, that situation? <laughs> why would I not want to be the man's yeah, going to make I mean, the man's going to make money for years, even after. Right. right. I I kind of you know we was having the conversation. I kind of looked at it like this. I said, well. If you're comparing Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, you know it. You know whose career you know would be you know better defined by winning this game. It would no question be Tom Brady because of the simple fact that after forty, I got two Super Bowl rings. That would be my seventh Super Bowl. So what are we talking about? So I mean, Mahomes, you know, still has that to look forward to. Who's to say he's going to do that? Who's to say he's not? Who's to say he is? So I think that again, I would rather be, I would rather be Tom Brady's situation because again, I think that when you have you know Mahomes, you know he he's, he's done it, and and let's say that he he's done at the age of of uh, 30, 35, 33. You know what I mean? How many Super Bowls do you think Patrick Mahomes is going to have by the age of thirty three? He's got two at twenty five. He might not ever go back. He yeah, said the same thing about Dan Marino. Marino. Oh yeah, and not just Dan Marino. We could even go as go as recent as you know, you know, as uh, yeah, as currently with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is now getting to a point to where he's going to be at a down point in his career because you never gave him the strong offensive line. You constantly worried about your defense. You got you got a running game hoping that would take pressure off Russell Wilson, but that runner cannot break tackles, break tackles, and try and break through a line, you know, an offensive line that can't create the openings. So I mean, mm. you know, let's look at it there, you know, as well too. Patrick Mahomes has a decent offensive line. I won't say it's a great offensive line, but what mm-hmm. if they, what you know, what one Mahomes has a contract year coming up? Is he going to want more money? Yes. But is he going to want to be the highest paid quarterback? He's still young. He may say, that's what I want. He's still young. He will, he'll say he'll want 
he'll want fifty million dollars a year instead of thirty million dollars a year, where the extra twenty million that you let the team keep will get you your protection, will get you your receivers, will get you your running game. Yeah, you know, I mean, let's look at it that way. Dan Marino went to the Super Bowl his second year as a quarterback. He mm-hmm. went up against a he went up against a veteran in Joe Montana. Now, you know, as history looks at it, Joe Montana, yeah, four Super Bowl rings, and Dan Marino, all four records. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and uh, we got we got to see that happen. You know, and when people always compared Montana to Marino, a lot of people picked including the experts, picked Marino over Montana. Montana just had a, a better team around him, you know. But reality is, Montana had had short-term wide receivers, one long-term wide receiver in Jerry Rice. In Jerry Rice, you know, and had had running backs that would last with a short-term like Roger Craig. You know, so people got to remember those things, those things as well, too, with Montana. Marino was going to a Super Bowl and was still competitive trying to get to a Super Bowl again, but Clayton and Duper were slowly but surely getting to the point to where where they were at their peak and it was going to start to be a downward down, downward uh, a slow slow mm. slow road down for them. Mm. You know and, and Marino never had Marino had got to points where he had a bunch of receivers that were good but they were not Mark Duper, they were not Mark Clayton, they were not Jim mm. Jensen. They were not Jim right. Jensen, and I'm not disrespecting. I'm not disrespecting those those wide receivers, you know, because you'll say, "Come on, look at this guy, look at that guy." I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I could go over the names right now, but that's what's going on, and this is what could happen to Patrick Mahomes easily, just like it was for Marino, just like it was for us. It is right now for Russell Wilson. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Patrick Mahomes is 25. You want to get, you want to make sure he understands that. That the Chiefs' management and coaching staff is going to want to preserve him. Tom Brady knew that. That's why Tom Brady was not making the money like he was the only superstar that mattered. So, and Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes needs to understand that. That's the only thing. I think the maturity is going to. Pro- I normally never take experience over youth. And as hard as it is for me to say this, you know, because I've always been against everyone saying Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. That has nothing to do with, it also has nothing to do with Tom Brady's abilities. But I'm going to take experience over youth in this one. I am. So, I mean, that's just, it's, it's it's about maturity and it's about a 43 year old who's still healthy. Yep. I mean, when you, when you talk about it in those aspects, that's what I'm, you know, it's about, you know, experience, you know, over you because you still have a lot to learn. Um, you still always, you know, you learn it, but at the end of the day, you have a, um, a serious, you know, um, sample size to kind of like look at and say, this is what I've done. This is what's happened. I, my career spanned this, you know what I mean? I've been in this situation. I've been in that situation. So I know, you know, what to do. And this is what I got out of it. So when you talk about it from that aspect, again, experience all the time because you know how to you know react and what to do. So Mahomes still has that to learn. But um, again, man, I think that um, you know, for me, I would you know that's no that's a no brainer. I would rather you know be Tom Brady, man, because again, you know you you know winning this Super Bowl will give you seven. You know who else is going to get seven Super Bowls? 
who else is going to be in 10 Super Bowls? You know, and still, you know, with the ability to, to still play now, he says he wants to play, you know, until, you know, maybe, you know, 45 or whatever. I, I'm not seeing Tom Brady as my quarterback at 45 years old. Nah. So, uh, again, um, like the conversation that we had um, before, man, I'm thinking that, you know, again, we get the Super Bowl. Who knows? Tom Brady might, you know, he says he wants to play. I don't know, man. You know, what are you doing at this point? What are you trying to prove? You proved your point. You won one without, you know, you win the Super Bowl without uh, Belichick. You made the Super Bowl without Belichick. So what else is there? You know what I mean? But I don't know. I'm just being a Tampa Bay. I'm just being a Buccaneers fan, Bob, because again, we was you know we was garbage at quarterback. Um, You know, we went through five years of Jameis Winston. He he was supposed to be our quarterback for the next ten years. So again, with Brady, you know, we're going to be again looking for a quarterback real soon. So what are we doing? That that's all. That's all I'm saying. Well, can I, let me say this. Let me say this. If Bruce Arians was the head coach when the Bucks picked Jameis Winston, would Jameis Winston be a lot different? Kind of like what we're starting to see out of out of another quarterback that's always been known for being immature, you know, you know, over there in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. You know, you know Baker Mayfield's now dealing with a coach that's a kick-ass, take-names take kind of guy. And we're seeing a different Baker Mayfield here that's starting to play and act like a pro. Um, I, I would say so because, yeah, you know, I think the, the Saints are talking about, you know, keeping Jameis around. And, um, you know, he's a you know, free agent. They want to sign him. And so I think that, again, you know, under you know, different circumstances, he had a, he's had a year now to learn. Um, the Saints offense, I think that he can, you know, definitely, you know, um, you know, um, be, uh, you know, inspired by what Drew Brees has done and what he's did. Um, he's got weapons around him. He's going to have, you know, the Camellas of the world, the Michael Thomases of the world. He's going to have, you know, an offense to work with. Um, so, again, I think it would be to Jameis Winston's, you know, advantage to, to want to be in, in, in New Orleans, the situation where you can win. You know what I mean? Instantly. You know what I'm saying? So um, he just has to prove that he could be that quarterback that we thought he was going to be coming out of Florida State. But we knew that, you know, even when he was at Florida State, man, he was still, you know, um, a turnover machine. I'm just going to say what it is, Bob. You already know as a turnover machine. So, again, I think that when you talk about what the, you know, Jameis Winston is going to bring to the Saints, I think he's going to, you know, be what he needs to be. You know, and um, he's just going to have a, a better situation around him. So it's going to be expected for him, you know, to 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 do what he does. Um, when you talk about Super Bowls, what Super Bowl um, memory do you have that you know stands out and sticks out to you, man? That you talk about maybe you know uh, a few, you know, five, ten, or fifteen years later. What Super Bowl memory sticks out to you? Oh God! I would have to go with the uh, with the last second field goal that would that that had to decide a Super Bowl. I believe it was Super Bowl. I'm trying to remember which Super Bowl it was. 
It may have been Super Bowl twenty five when the Giants won by one point over the over the Buffalo Bills after yeah, the Bills got no, got no wood. Yeah, yeah. missed mm-hmm. miss that yeah missed that field goal kick that ultimately mm-hmm. gave a, gave the Giants the Super Bowl under Jeff Hostetler, and then you know right, the, right. the big deal was made because until up until we saw what we saw with. With, with with the Eagles with, with uh, Nick Foles, you know we had uh, you know we saw Jeff Hostetler come out of that one and competed for the starting job against Bill Sims and and won it and earned it, but it was also showed that even though he may have appeared to be the better quarterback over Phil Sims, he just didn't know how to lead that team like Phil Simms did, because he wasn't going to do Phil Simms football. He was going to have to do Jeff Hostetler football, and it just simply did not gel with the Giants. But it was still a very memorable win because this second string had to go up against... And I'm using quarterbacks here, and it's not fair to do it that way. This second string went up against a first string, Jim Kelly, who was probably a top-10 quarterback... And at the time, you didn't have an elite top five. The elite was a, was a top three at the time, which always belonged to Dan Marino, Joe Montana, and uh, John Elway. At that point, it was probably Steve Young at that point, not Montana. But that's that's neither here nor there. But uh, you know, it was just you know people talked about that. That was something that people talked about that the Giants, you know, the you know, they were comparing. They were comparing a second-string quarterback to a first-string, but they are mostly comparing Lawrence Taylor on defense to the uh, Bruce Smith defense. Who was the better? Who was the better mach- rushing machine to sack a quarterback at that time between those two? Lawrence Taylor. You know, both these guys are probably in the Hall of Fame already. Lawrence Taylor. Was is probably was probably the name people would talk about more than Bruce Smith, but I you know I like Bruce Smith that that much I gotta say. You had mm-hmm. him, you know. He had you know he had another guy in Cornelius Bennett who was there with him. That's the Super Bowl I remember because the underdogs came out victorious in that one, and it was so and it was a close game and it stayed a close game and you respected it because. It wasn't a boring game. It was a good game, and I think you would agree. It looked like a clinic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you know, as far as Super Bowl memories, it's a bunch of them. Um, Jackie Smith dropping the, the wide open pass at Super Bowl thirteen. Cowboys and the Steelers. Um, let me see. Uh, wow. Um, oh, Sammy White. Getting his head knocked, the helmet knocked off. What was that? What was that? The Raiders and the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Um, wow. Um, Derek Brooks got an interception back. Uh, Super Bowl 37, Tampa Bay and the Raiders. That was crazy seeing Jerry Rice as the Raiders. Um, we had a Scott Norwood, Super Bowl 25. That was a good one. Um, the Refrigerator Perry scoring against the Patriots. Uh, what was that Super Bowl? What was that Bob Super Bowl twenty? And Walter Payton didn't get a touchdown. That was crazy. Yeah, um, I remember that one. Yeah, that was that one. Yeah, 
Walter Payton not scoring a touch, but they were living off William Perry, man. You know, they did that more for his marketability instead of looking at the fact that the man with the record would have been better off. <laughs> yeah. They 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 owe they owe Walter Payton that, you know. Um I mean, you know, the uh, uh Butch Johnson to catch the Super Bowl twelve. Why doesn't nobody talk about that? I think that's one of the best suit catches of all. I mean, the Tyree catch for it, you know, that was, you know, for the different because of the circumstance. But that Butch Johnson catch, you know, Cowboys and the Broncos, Super Bowl twelve. Come on, man. Are you serious? That catch was, well, anyway. Um, see, see, that's I the kind of one, you know, that's one that I didn't experience. My first Super Bowl experience was, Super Bowl 16 when it was the 49ers uh, against the Bengals. I like oh. to talk about the ones I experienced and watched and understood okay. everything. Okay. Yeah, cuz okay. yeah, and of course I got to see the Dolphins and Redskins the next year and uh, right. That's a story in itself that I won't get into right now. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, man. So yeah, the Super Bowl is it is what it is. I'm hyped and charged. My team is in it. We're going to do what we do. We gotta take a pause for the cards, man. Um, when we come back, we gotta get into the basketball, man. I want to talk some baseball stuff too. This is for the Review 2.0, aka Saga Pass. You already know what it is. You got the mayor in the building with PVJ in the house. Let's get it. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated. Belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. That's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. 102.5 KZOK with Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Danny, describe Hollywood for me in 15 words or less. No problem. I left as fast as I could and came to Seattle. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. To capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? 
Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you could go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 5 Four one four two three five seven zero four, or message her at freedomlake.com slash grateful heart photography or heroes.app slash pages slash grateful heart photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by grateful heart photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. But there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. Hi, I'm Jonathan Clark, one of the most known voices in all of professional wrestling radio, here today to talk to you about a very important cause, autism. Autism is one of the world's most serious diseases and can affect us within all age demographics. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, autism can sneak up behind you and change your life and the way you perceive it to be for all eternity. Autism can affect the way we talk, the way we act, the way we speak, the way we look, and how other people tend to look at us in this very cruel world we're being brought up in. That's why I'm reaching out to you today, encouraging you to log on to AutismSpeaks.org to make a donation and offer your help in fighting the cure for autism. AutismSpeaks.org will offer you some very helpful information on how you can play just a small role in finding a cure for one of the world's most serious diseases. I myself know many people who have been affected by autism throughout the years, and it's time we all come together and find a cure for this very frightening disease. I'm Jonathan Clark, the most attractive man in all of Internet Radio, telling you that you can make a difference. I'm Marie Osmond. Choices, some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye and dream it. You can style in great handmade tie-dye clothing, such as T-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at freedomlake.com slash tie-dye and dreamin', heroes.app slash pages slash tie-dye and dreamin', or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye and Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye and Dreamin' today. 
Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Iron So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time, only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. 102.5 KZOK with Daddy Bonaducci and Sarah. What would you say is the strangest thing you've ever ridden? Well, uh, I've ridden an ostrich, but I'm really looking forward to being strapped to the front of a hydroplane. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK.
Yes, yes, y'all. We're back in the building. After further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, you already know. Um, Get at me on Twitter, man, at RMDesk. Get at me on Facebook. Get at us. The crew is over on Action VR Network, all right? We're also over on After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. That's it group on Facebook that we get it in. We talk about sports and we do what we do. So come get down with us. Um, Super Bowl 55, Sunday, you already know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you, but we're back in the Super Bowl. Shout out to uh, Derek Brooks. Shout out to Brad Johnson. Shout out to Keyshawn Johnson. Shout out to Warren Sapp. Shout out to Rondé Barber. You know what I mean? Um, shout out to John Gruden. Shout out to Tony Dungy. Shout out to the Glazer family. Shout out to Buck Nation. Because I think that our fan base has been suffering a long time. A lot, I mean, a lot of fan bases go through, you know, ups and downs, but our fan base has suffered, you know? And I think every time that something like this happens for us, we take it and we're very excited about it because it doesn't come around very often. That's why it's great to be a Buccaneers fan because you get to enjoy it when it does happen even more because a lot of these fans are Steelers and Cowboys and 49ers and even Giants to a certain degree. Those are championship franchises. They're used to winning multiple Super Bowls, you know. Um, They're used to being in multiple Super Bowls. So that's something that we aspire to, to, you know, aspire to. So as a Buccaneers fan, I'm happy, you know, um, let's get this done. Let's finish the job. And then we can kind of excel and say, you know, Tom Brady, you know, you got us here. Appreciate you. Um, You made these guys step up because you know what's going to happen next year. I think that next year, um, you know, I think, you know, Brady's going to come back. He's going to do his thing. But I think some of those guys are going to get relaxed. And that's going to be the challenge. You know what I'm saying? Is that making sense, Bob? I got, I got Bob James in the house. Um, I think that, you know, even with this success, a lot of guys think that, that once you tasted it, 
You know what I mean? It's going to be easy to get back. And they'll talk about, you know, how we want to, you know, work and get that, you know, get that taste again. But you really don't have that hunger because you already got it. Look at these Super Bowl teams that go 7-9 and nine the next year. You know? Um, but I think that, you know, with the Buccaneers, man, Bruce Arians, you know, um, he's not going to allow that. I love my coaching staff, the Byron Leftwiches of the world, the Todd Bowles of the world, those guys. Even, you know, we we, uh, we keep our, you know, our guys, you know, um, you know, on point and they keep us on point. So this is this is going to be the culmination of a lot of uh, hard work right here, a lot of criticism, a lot of jokes, you know. And, yeah, I'm going to pop my collar, man. Come Sunday night, say about what, about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you know, we'll see what it is. And uh, we'll have a Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl discussion. And uh, we're going to chop it up. But I think that the Buccaneers are going to, you know, do what they do. But before we get out of here, we're definitely going to um, talk about, um, you know, score and do some stuff like that. But for right now, man, we're going to get into some other stuff, man. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Yo, the NHL, man, is dealing with, you know, it's their turn. It's their turn, man. Pretty much that's all you can say about that. You know, I think that when, you know, you have um, the situation where what they're going through now with a, a different, you know, you know, a bunch of teams, that, you know, uh, postponing the season, you know, um, because of, you know, the COVID issues, Minnesota Wild, they're postponing their season until, you know, uh, you know, after, you know, some, some, some other dates, you know, February 9th and, you know, uh, the, the Devils, you know, they, they were, uh, you know, because of their season, to uh, be caused after till February the 6th. So um, it's catching up to them. That's all you can say about that. You know, the entire Vegas Golden Knights coaching staffs in isolation is, is, is just crazy right now, man. And when you talk about um, trying to complete a season, it's, it's, it's going it's to be hard. It's going to be hard because you never know, man, you know, where you're going to get those positive tests from. And then, you know, then that just throws the entire season into a, a shambles. But, um, again, you know, you have teams that are contenders, you know, early in the season, and then at the end of the year they kind of fall off. Uh, right now when you talk about top teams in the NHL, man, you know, the top five, you go, I'll, I'll go, you know, Toronto, um, you know, that division that they're playing in the North, that with all those Canadian teams, it's going to be crazy. Um, you know, right now they're looking good. They're seven and two to start the season, doing what they need to do. Uh, when you talk about the, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs is playing, you know, uh, in the division against all Canadian teams. It's a lot of pride right there on the line. And uh, you look at the Maple Leafs, and they're holding it down so far, along with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, the kid, you know, the kid Romanoff uh, for the Canadians is doing his thing, but Nick Suzuki, he's the one that's making Montreal go right now. That dude right there, he's going to be a star in this league. Nick Suzuki, pay attention to him on the Montreal Canadiens, all right? Um, you got the Flyers. They're doing their thing. Um, they had a couple of games against the Penguins and lit them up. You know, they had 11 goals in two games. You know, then they, you know, they split a couple of games against Buffalo, all right? Um, remember last year, the Flyers were kind of streaky. They would, you know, get hot. Then, you know, they would, you know, um, inexplicably just get cold for no reason. You know, so, you know, watch out for them. They're 7-2, but they're doing their thing. Watch out for the Flyers. 
got the Colorado Avalanche. You know, they, they lost against St. Louis, and then they beat St. Louis a couple of days later. Um, Nathan McKinnon is keeping, you know, his, his, his thing alive. He is one of the top players in the league. He has five points in three games. And, um, again, um, you know, Colorado is, is, is considered one of the top teams in the NHL, and they're proving it right now with a 7-3 and three record. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, you know that I like them. You know, they did look a little suspect in a couple of games against teams they should have beat, but they're still a deep team. Um, you know, they, they um, you know, when you watch the Golden Knights, you know they're good. You know, sometimes they play down to their, their, oppos- their uh, opposition. But, again, at the end of the day, they still, you know, uh, are a quality hockey team. And you have to watch out for them. Tampa Bay Lightning, um, you know, they've, they really haven't played, you know, Anybody, you know what I mean? When I say anybody, they haven't really played any games. You know, um, they played against the league's, like, worst team, man. But um, Tampa Bay looks like Tampa Bay, you know. Um, and when you, and when you, you know, put them up against a team like, you know, uh, Detroit or maybe the Kings, you know, teams that don't really, aren't really doing anything, they're going to look like a team that's really, you know, on, on top of the league and handling their business. And that's what the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing right now. All right? Um, I think that when you when you talk about the NHL, man, you know you know how you know hockey. You know I like hockey. They I think their all star situation is the best. Um, they you know they did their thing as far as you know dealing with the pandemic last year and stuff like that, and now they're dealing with you know um, trying to deal with getting hit hard. They're not just getting hit. Every league has got hit. But this is this is hard for them right now, and, and again, um, this is this is the life that we're leading. You know, some people are going to be missing, some people are going to be you know sick, and you know they they got to get tested and all this. And again, Montreal, you know, and and, and Canada, they they're not even playing you know in in the states, so they have their own division. So they 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 flip that around a little bit and dealing with what they deal with. But, um, again, man, I think that when you talk about the North Division in the NHL with all the Canadian teams, um, it's very, very um, exciting to watch those Canadian teams, you know, kind of, you know, reignite rivalries, maybe start new ones, all right? Um, you know, you got Toronto and Montreal. You got, you know, Vancouver. You got Winnipeg Jets, Ottawa Senators, you know, doing their thing, you know. And, um, again, it makes for very exciting hockey when you talk about, you know, original teams and just playing in Montreal. And, you know, we're going to see, you know, by the end of the season, um, you know, who, who's going to, you know, uh, make, make, make the most out of playing in that kind of environment with just playing Canadian teams. You know, I know there's, there's going to be a lot of pride at stake, um, you know, and when you talk about a team like Ottawa, you know, literally a lot of people don't really – you know, hear about or even respect, you know, because they stink. You know what I mean? But um, again, you know, you know, comparing them to a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs or even the Edmonton Oilers, you know what I mean? Um, when you when you have that, then you know you have you know you have good hockey that's going on up in Canada. Uh, this is after further review, man. Two point oh, aka the sideline pass, Super Bowl Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Sunday. I right, going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl Fifty Five. Raymond James Stadium, yes, a home game. And um, they're not going to allow the Buccaneers to fire the cannons 
They scored touchdowns in the Super Bowl because it would provide a unfair advantage. Somebody please explain that to me. I thought the big deal was to get a home game or to be the first home team to play your uh, a Super Bowl in your home stadium. And I thought that you get everything that comes along with that. So, and even you know, as a Buccaneer fan, I'm like, what the hell? What, what the hell is that? Why can't they, you know, fire off the cannons? You're playing the game in your home stadium. That's what you do. So, I mean, a lot of people are like, well, you know, it's supposed to be in a neutral, a neutral field. Well, that's not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers problem. It's really not. The object of the thing was to get to be the first home team to play your home, the Super Bowl in your home stadium. That was the deal. So they didn't say, well, if Tampa Bay makes it, they don't get to shoot the cannons off. It doesn't, it, it, it's, it's, it's not, it's not right. And to me, I think it just, you know, stinks of bending over backwards to try to appease some people that always want to be like, oh, that's not fair and that's not right. Um, what about the Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans who've been suffering for all these years and finally get our team in the Super Bowl at home? Nobody could take that away from us. Nobody. No matter how you try to put us down and talk about us and say that we stink and we're bad and our team is no good and this and that, you can never take away the fact that we're the only team, the only team in NFL history play their home game, play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. And I think that not allowing the cannons to be fired um, takes that takes this takes it away. It just takes it takes away takes it away. I don't. It, it, it's not. It's not going to be as fun, you know. I, and, and I'm speaking as a Buccaneers fan. You know, um, you don't really get through it, you know, as you know a a team without having the things that got you there. That's all I'm saying. You know, and yeah, it might seem a little thing to some people, but that's a big thing to us. Yeah, it's a an advantage. That's our home field. We're playing in our home field. Why can't we do what we do? But I'm not going to dwell on it, though. All right? It is what it is. 954-246-0398 is the mathematics. I'm doing what I do on a Wednesday night. After further review, get at me on Twitter. Um, nah, at RMDES, we already know the deal. Um, some Super Bowl prop bets. You know, we always talk about those. Um, what's up, Bob? You on the line? Okay, what's going on? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was just, yeah, I was, uh, t- I know we're sticking with the Super Bowl here today, you know, too, but uh, I definitely want to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about something here, you know, it's, uh, as far as it goes here with the uh, basketball season. And, you know, because there is still a lot of talk about, you know, there, you know, because as much talk as there is about Tom Brady, you know, you know, a lot of it's going to shift over to LeBron James after the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, and they're talking about LeBron James having to deal with his competition again, you know, and his only real competition is his only real competition still going to be now that he's back. Is it going to be Kevin Durant? (laughs) 
do we do we look at that? Do we look at that as a rivalry? I mean, I know, I know that this stands a chance of happening because it's going to be East versus West when it comes down to the NBA championship. And can both teams do this? Playing, I believe it's what seventy games this this year. 72. Yeah, 72, yeah. So it's 10 games less than normal. Well, actually, I think I think about 72 should be probably about right. I think they do play. I think hockey, baseball, and, uh, you know, and basketball probably do more games than they probably should for a season. Um, but, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, no, I was just, yeah, I was just going back to the question. Oh, yeah, I think that when you, you talk about, you know, LeBron and, and Brady and, and those guys, those are all-time greats, man. They're always going to be in the conversation. Um, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, they're always going to be part of the conversation. You're always going to say, well, you know, this is, you know, what we have. The, these are the measuring stick guys now. You know, the measure stick guys used to be Jordan, used to be the OJs, used to be the Earl Campbells of the world. Now the measure stick guys are LeBrons and the Bradys. And my thing is, as simple as this, Bob, I remember when, and so do you, Marino was the measurement stick. Now he's like past tense, past say. So what I'm excited about looking down the line is knowing that there's always a time. Everything always has its time. And everything's always bigger better, more numbers, more touchdowns, more this, more that. When they start talking about LeBron being garbage or LeBron wasn't good as whoever the next kid is coming up, then, you know, know, we've experienced some stuff. Because, again, Jordan was the king. Nobody, you know, Harold Miner, Grant Hill, they tried to have the next Jordan. It worked out. Nobody said LeBron was going to be the next Jordan. LeBron just came in and did his own thing. So now people are comparing all everybody's careers and numbers and, and Hall of Fame, you know, uh, uh, eligibility or Hall of Fame standing to what LeBron has done in his career. And to there's me, nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. To me, the only one that really compares to Jordan, to me, oh, God rest his soul, God rest his soul, of course, is probably the greatest Laker, the greatest Laker of all time. And that, of course, that, of course, we, we, all, we all know who that is. You know, that's, um, you know, they, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, goes without saying, you know, is a, a big reason why I, I would, I don't, I'm not, and I'm not comparing LeBron to Jordan, even though there, there is some just cause to compare LeBron to Jordan. There just isn't enough. Where, where where I where I see it see it and whatnot and for me you know I mean you know it's just you know it was about the fact that no one leapfrogged Jordan like Jordan did leapfrogging Larry Larry Bird and Magic Johnson you know to become the king you know Jordan you know just simply put the torch down and picked the torch back up after being away for two years you know and then um, you know the only only one that was closest for that two years that Jordan was away was Shaquille O'Neal and of course and again of course who else was around back then 
you know, of course, again, you know, the one person who is who is the one person that would probably be closest to being compared to Mike, Michael Jordan in your in your opinion? Would it be LeBron or would it be a oh God? I'm drawing a brain fart on his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I just. Right. Uh, yeah. about like a, a Chamberlain or a Kareem or. No, I'm talking, talking about. about I'm talking about the uh, the one that the, the one that we lost at this time last year uh, in the oh, plane Kobe. crash. Kobe, there we go, Kobe Bryant. I you know, I keep thinking Shaquille O'Neal when he was a when he was a Laker with Kobe, but truthfully, that was Kobe's team, not Shaq's team. You know, Kobe would probably be the one who I would uh, really want to c- compare to Jordan. You know, because you know Kobe was the best until father time and injuries caught up with them, you know, and basically LeBron simply took over more by default type of thing, you know, but, you know, and LeBron never really had competition other than that until Kevin Durant came around. And I'm just wondering, is Kevin Durant going to be that factor against LeBron now, or is everything going to, like you said, you know, and you pretty much said it already too, that LeBron is the measuring stick now, as far as what we got now. Yeah, I mean that's that's how it's been. You 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 can't have a basketball conversation now, Bob, without mentioning having to mention LeBron or somebody's going to bring LeBron's name up, and that's where we are. And again, I think that you know that you know it seems like it's generational almost. You know, you go from you know the Wilt Chamberlain to. Oscar Robinson, the Kuzis, the the Wets, the Maraviches, the Kareems, the you know, you know what I mean? The the Russells. Everybody has their own opinion because they saw you know all of these guys play, and you know, um, you know now is you know the modern time. You know, Patrick Ewins, the Sampsons, the Elijah Wan. You know what I mean? So again, man, everybody's gonna you know have their opinion about who they think is. The best, but again, one name that like is always going to be thrown in the conversation is going to be LeBron. Period. So if your career doesn't measure up to LeBron's, and so you know it's going to take a lot for your career to measure up to LeBron, then you know you just have to you know either work harder or don't don't even worry about it. Because again, how could you to me? How could you even be a debate whether you know the greatness of Kobe Bryant, you know, rest in peace, um, versus the LeBron James. How can you even, you know, debate, you know, who was greater or who wasn't greater, you know, and who who did more and who, you know, whose legacy is going to live on? Like, really, for real? And and so that that you know that that to me that's just everything that you need to say about those conversations right there. And I agree. I, I I agree with what you're saying there totally. You know, you know it's gonna. You know, I mean, you know, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I, you know, and I haven't knocked LeBron once either. You know, I mean, I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I may be a little more Jordan partial. I just think Jordan had a consistency to him that I just think really just measured up. I, you know, Jordan had some, you know, had to deal with competition. He had to deal with Magic Johnson. He had to deal with Larry Bird. He had to deal with Dominique Wilkins. He had to deal. With Carl Malone, Malone was probably 
his biggest rival at that time, Charles Barkley. You know, it was you right. Know, it was, right, Dominique, right. You know, exactly. So I mean, you know, so we have that to, to really look at when it comes to Michael Jordan. You know, I mean, you know, people people look at Michael Jordan, they look at ball hog here. You know, but unfortunately, when you're able to score like he was, you know, he wasn't. You know, you you go with it. You know, and the you know and the coaches, you know, the Phil Jacksons of the world pushed for him for him to do that. You know, and he didn't do that because he wanted to. He did that because he had to. You know, so. I mean, that's what I'm just looking at, you know, and, and you're going to see a lot of that out of LeBron now, too, mind you. And do, does LeBron have the capabilities? Yes. Does he always do it like Jordan, especially when he has to come from behind? The answer to that, most likely, especially when I saw him in championship games here in Miami, is no. But that's not, uh, you know, that's not to say that doesn't make Jordan superior to LeBron either. But, you know, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, I just think, you know, you know, until his injury happened, until his injury happened, the only real competition that there really was for LeBron was Kevin Durant. And we don't know for sure yet. It's still pretty early with Kevin Durant since coming back from an injury that lasted well over a year to say that he's still going to be that. And I just think LeBron needs that one competition that's going to be legit. That's gonna that you know that you know that people will want to talk about it. I mean, people loved talking about the uh, feud between the and I call it a feud, even though the guys had respect for each other. Was there was always a feud between Bird and Magic, mm-hmm. you know, back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there there was that you know, and I mean, people and people loved and those lineups of the Lakers and the Celtics was great. You had Bird with right. McKay, with Mikhail, Robert Parrish, Danny Ainge, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to name a few. And you know, and of course on the other side, the other side with uh, Magic Johnson, he had Worthy. He had you know, he had Worthy. He had uh, Kareem. You know, Byron, Scott, with Byron Michael Scott, Cooper. Yeah. Michael Cooper. Kurt there, you mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, and they. You know, and those and that those were like those were like lineups that went head to head. You know, and that's before you really saw the big expansion that started to happen, not just with the NBA, but with sports. Period. Sports. Mm-hmm. Period. Because you really got to see some real strong lineups. You know, because you didn't just have that. You had you had you had uh, Jordan on the rise at the same time there, but he didn't have Pippen yet at that time, and you had. And you had the Detroit, you had the Detroit Pistons that was really starting to be built, built around Isaiah Thomas. And at the time, the Pistons only had Isaiah Thomas and Kelly Trapuca, who were drafted the same year, that really started to turn that team around. And of course, Trapuca had his flaws, especially when it came down to being under pressure to help win games with three pointers. Mm-hmm. But you had. But you know, but we we all we got to see what got to become of them later on, built around, built around Isaiah Thomas. When you got Bill Lambeer and you got, uh, oh God, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember Grant, I believe was his name. Um, you know, names like that, and you know, and that that was later on, later on in the, uh, later on in the '80s. But the the late '70s, early '80s, you couldn't ask for anything better than. Than the lineups and how they were, 
they, how they were back then. They they were back then because it was just something exciting. And like you say, we got one person that's the measuring stick, and LeBron, you know, and you know, you just want to find that real competition for him, you know, and see if LeBron can can you know uh, face that competition. That that'll be tough for him. That because because pe- people will love people love competition. You're going to have those people that are going to be anti-LeBron people. You're going to have those people that love LeBron. And you got people that are not going to like the fact that here comes this cat who's going to come in and, you know, and take over LeBron's spot. You know, who, who do you think he is? It's going to look like, it's going to look like, you know, Lex Luthor, you know, finding someone who could be stronger, stronger and do everything better than Superman. So, I mean, you know, that's the type of thing. You because, know, you know, I mean, you know, let's face it, no matter what people say with the pandemic and how the Super Bowl is being handled, you know, you're going to go right to the NBA. So the excitement is still going to be at a level to where sports fans are going to want to see it, even if they can only watch it on their TV sets. And with basketball coming up, if football is number one, you know, the, this day and age of modern sports, basketball is most likely... Number two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think you would agree. I, I I know you would probably agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you talk, the conversation we're having right now, football, basketball. So uh, again, you know, when when you talk about, you know, um, when the season is over, then you go right to, you know, basketball is going to be, you know, the talk. Everybody's going to, you know, be concentrating and focus on basketball. And I think that, again, um, you know, you talk about college basketball and getting ready for, you know, conference tournaments and get ready for the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, here comes baseball, you know. So, again, I think that um, football is, is, is getting ready to, you know, the Super Bowl is getting ready to happen. And like you said, the NBA is waiting for the Super Bowl to be over so they can have all the shine. But, again, spring training is getting ready to pop up if that pops up. And that's a perfect segue into what we get ready to do. Um, we're going to take a quick pause because when we come back, we're going to talk about um, Major League Baseball, man. Are we going to get the season started on time? What are we doing? Stop the further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Let's get it. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped, every relationship we've cultivated, belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution.
Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. 102.5 KZOK with Daddy Bonaducci and Sarah. Danny, describe Hollywood for me in 15 words or less. No problem. I left as fast as I could and came to Seattle. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you could go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541 541- 423-5704 or messenger at freedomlake.com slash gratefulheartphotography or heroes.app slash pages slash gratefulheartphotography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. But there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. Hi, I'm Jonathan Clark, one of the most known voices in all of professional wrestling radio, here today to talk to you about a very important cause, autism. Autism is one of the world's most serious diseases and can affect us within all age demographics. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, autism can sneak up behind you and change your life and the way you perceive it to be for all eternity. Autism can affect the way we talk, the way we act, the way we speak, the way we look, and how other people tend to look at us in this very cruel world we're being brought up in. That's why I'm reaching out to you today, encouraging you to log on to AutismSpeaks.org to make a donation and offer your help in finding the cure for autism. AutismSpeaks.org will offer you some very helpful information on how you can play just a small role in finding a cure for one of the world's most serious diseases. I myself know many people who have been affected by autism throughout the years, and it's time we all come together and find a cure for this very frightening disease. I'm Jonathan Clark, the most attractive man in all of internet radio, telling you that you can make a difference. I'm Marie Osmond. 
choices. Some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye and dream it. You can style in great handmade tie-dye clothing, such as T-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at freedomlake.com slash tie-dye and dreamin', heroes.app slash pages slash tie-dye and dreamin', or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye and Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye and Dreamin' today. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than one nostalgic weekend. Up in the sky! Look. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. 102.5 KZOK with Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. What would you say is the strangest thing you've ever ridden? Well, uh, I've ridden an ostrich, but I'm really looking forward to being strapped to the front of a hydroplane. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. I bring the fire, but you never seen her. I testify, I don't need a subpoena. They want my soul, better go to Korea. I love my dog, just like I'm Peter. Gotta protect him. I made the call up, but just like I'm rapping. I know we left here, now we back together, but I guess that is better now. Later than never, like, mm, what's happening? I'ma need y'all quit asking when. Me and my wife gonna have some kids. Right now, we just practicing. Practicing. Teacher said, quit rapping, man. That gonna hurt my average. I said, thank God I ain't average. Yeah, I'm a bright young man. Kill the GPA, GPA and the BPM. BPM. Look, we on. So say what you say, cause that's A with Lecrae. From the A train to the A, I'm coming in hot. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in Hey, 
Nobody wanna listen. Now everybody pay attention. Now everybody pay fee. Even Trump gotta take a knee. When the horn blow, y'all gon' see. Make the wall fall down like yeah. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big. I feel like Pac. I shoot the shot. I'm coming in hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you miss me? We're back in the building, man. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We are live and direct, man, coming at you on the Wednesday nights like we do. All right. Um, you already know the vibes, man. Get at me on Twitter at RMDesk. Get at me on Facebook. Get at the crew on Facebook. You know the vibes. Um, yeah, man, I'm going to get into some, some, some baseball talk, man, because baseball season is coming up, hopefully. And uh, I mean that all, you know, as, as real as it can get. I think that um, when you talk about what's getting ready to happen as far as this, you know, this, this upcoming baseball season is concerned, you know, the pandemic is the number one situation. I think that they have to, you know, continue it, um, you know, knowing that the fans will not be allowed in the ballparks, you know, for at least some of, you know, maybe probably most of, and I wouldn't be surprised at all of the 2021 season. Um, Major League Baseball and the Players Association have been, you know, negotiating, you know, you put air quotes over that word, um, about how this season is going to progress. You know, because some of the owners, you know, they don't really like how the language is written so far as, as far as the current rules, and they want to, um, kind of like you know, you know, go you know, go go over them, uh, do them over. Um, I, I think that you know what they're trying to do is just really you know, kind of like throw some a monkey wrench into what's going on. Um, again, remember last year, similar situation went um, took place and didn't really make any noise because. Again, uh, what the MLB tried to do was make the you know the same offers over and over again. So all they basically were doing was chasing their tails um, until they finally decided to um, you know go with the what is the sixty games and um, go ahead with the season. Um, I think that 
you know, what the owners are doing right now is just, you know, dropping something in the player's lap um, because I think the 2021 season is already covered um, in full, regardless, by the CBA. All right? And I think that, um, again, because what MLB is expecting that this, you know, this upcoming season is going to be complicated by the pandemic, um, the league is trying to, you know, renegotiate certain aspects of the collective bargaining agreement. Um, you know, vaccinations are going on. Um, you know, te- teams aren't, they're not going to be able to have, you know, attendance at their, at their stadiums for, uh, you know, this season. So we're talking about losing, you know, gate, tickets, parking, concessions. Um, you know, and the owners are going to be looking for some protection from those losses. And I think that, um, again, you know, teams talking about what they lost last year, you know, that's kind of like filing a claim, you know. You know, I lost $50 billion. No, you didn't. You know what I mean? But, hey, who knows, you know. But, um, again, um, I think that they're trying to, you know, make everything to the owner's advantage. You already know that already. So what the owners are trying to do is that they're trying to make sure that they get some, you know, make sure that they, that money gets replaced. The money is they're going to lose, you know. Um, I think that at first, remember last year, um, they offered to kick in that universal designated hitter to have the DH in both leagues. And um, again, they expanded the postseason. Okay. Um, I think that, you know, the uh, players are smarter than that. They didn't take that offer because the universal DH is basically um, a give back. You know, um, comparing that to an expanded postseason, which basically means that, you know, more owners get more money as opposed to just giving them, you know, hey, we're going to throw the designated hitter in both leagues. Um, I think that, you know, the money that, that, that Major League Baseball offered up, it wasn't enough to get the Players Association to agree. Um the PA, the Players Association, is under no obligation to um, reopen a already settled collective bargaining agreement. And um, no matter what happened during, you know, what happened, you know, last year when you know the the season was was not, un, you know, being played. Um, any, I think Major League Baseball even offered to play to pay players for a full 162 games even though they propose a season of 154 games. Um, the latest offers, you know, talking about pushing the season back a month and, you know, extending it a week, which would mean a bunch of doubleheaders, um, you know, games being piled on top of each other. So we're basically where we are, um, you know, last year, you know, until they try to figure out, how to, you know, meet in the middle. Um, again, um, because of expanded postseason, it benefits the owners. That's why they want it. It benefits the owners, not the players. So, again, um, according to what the CBA, the language in the CBA, all postseason television revenue goes to the owners. All postseason TV revenue goes to the owners. I'm going to say that one more time. All postseason television revenue 
go to the owners. While the players get a share of the gate, which is, you know, really a, a small slice of the pie in comparison to all postseason TV revenues go to the owners. Um, I think that when you talk about fans not being allowed to attend um, postseason games, you know, um, adding more games isn't really going to do anything for the players. You know, um, remember, the owners were able to persuade the players to expand the postseason last year by giving them money from the TV deal. But they're not talking about that for, for this year. Um, I think beyond that, man, expanding the postseason permanently, um, I think would be, you know, just another kind of like a, 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 uh, they're dangling something in front of the players. Because again, at the end of the day, the owners are not trying to come off any more money that they're already doing already. So, um, hopefully that they won't, you know, I think Bob talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think he was, you know, comparison. He was he was comparing a lockout to a strike, and I think that, um, you know, if the owners wanted to lock the players out at this point, you know, they could, and you know, we'll be, you know, right back to, you know, talking about basketball and and and, and hockey and football, you know. So that that's that's basically that. What's your thoughts on, you know, where we are as far as baseball, man? And them trying to figure out. Um, what they want to do as far as the season and, you know, giving, you know, the players a bigger part of the pie as far as the postseason. What, what's your thoughts on that, Bob? <clears throat> All right, Bob is making, you know, some some cookies right now. But, yeah, man, that, that's the deal. That's basically it. I think that the owners, you know, their relationship with the Players Association is, is suspect as it is, and uh, they're going to have to definitely come to some kind of um, some kind of middle ground to figure out what they want to do as far as um, moving on with the uh, the baseball season. In, in period. All right. Um, right about now, we're going to get into the three minute rant. Before we get up out of here, I want to shout out to my man. PBJ, a.k.a. Ubiquitous Bob James. I want to shout out the whole unit at Action VR. I want to shout out my people at, uh, at, 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 at No Knockoffs Radio. We're back in the building this Friday night. Uh, it's going down, so make sure you check us out this Friday night. No Knockoffs Radio in the building. Um, the three-minute rant starts right now. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl 55. Sunday night, 6.30. Um, I'm looking forward to a, 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 a great game. The most, you know, Super Bowls, you know, um, in the last, you know, five to ten years have been pretty good games. You know, I'm looking forward to this one being a, 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 a good game. Uh, once you get past, the, you know, the Brady and Mahomes comparisons um, and we get down to playing football, I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are definitely going to have to play um, – you know, lights out, um, mistake-free football. I think that if they, you know, can, you know, learn anything from watching the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, this season is that if you, they can be scored on. So if you could score with them, you know, and, and hit them in the mouth early, they're used to getting hit in the mouth early. So that doesn't really mean anything to them. 
but you're going to have to hit them in the mouth consistently. Okay? Have them on their heels. You know, they've been in situations where they've been da- down big at home. Let's get a situation where they're down big in the Super Bowl. I mean, they were down 10 last year to the 49ers, and we saw what happened. But I think that, um, you know, experience, we talked about that during this show. Shout out to uh, uh, Bob James. Um, I think experience is going to really, you know, pay a fact, you know, play a, a factor in this game. I think, uh, you know, Tom Brady's going to make some things happen. Patrick Mahomes is definitely going to do his thing. But at the end of the day, man, I see Tampa Bay winning. I see Tom Brady getting the job done just because. He, I think he's going to make these guys step their game up. I think we're going to have, you know, we're going to, there's going to be some, you know, some, some rough times during this game. But I think that if we could, you know, get past that and get these guys to play, you know, within themselves, you know, not try to play hero ball, you know, don't play hero ball. Make, you know, stay, stay out of, you know, third and long. Keep Mahomes off the field. You know, keep the bad, you know, the, 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 the dumb penalties. Play disciplined football. You know, um, make a play on the defense. We got the horses to do it. You know, and again, like I talked about, you know, Carton Davis early in the game. Man, I really hope that you, you know, redeem yourself, man, because you need it. You need it worse than anybody. You know what I mean? But um, at the end of the day, I see this game coming down to the last, you know, two or three minutes. Um, I think, you know, Mahomes and them having a chance to drive down the field and, you know, and, and win the game. And I think that the def- my Tampa Bay defense comes up big. And I think that this defense, in a way, after the Super Bowl, will be com- try to yeah, they will attempt to compare this defense to, you know, the 2003 Super Bowl uh, champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. But I, 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 I still don't like this defense anywhere near the Saps and the the Brookses and 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 and, and the uh, the Barbers and those guys, you know. So uh, again, Tampa Bay 35, Kansas City 31. That's my school. We're going to get out of here. Shout out to my man, PBJ. I'll talk to you all next week. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a Super Bowl championship and all that. After further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline patch, we are out. We'll talk to you all next Wednesday night. All right? Peace.